As you make your way back to your seats, we'll go, we're going to go straight to our offertory tonight to um, save some time. Thy word. for this opportunity to come and gather and worship you. We know, Lord, that you alone are worthy. And we want to make it all about you. And God, as we come to this time of the service, Lord, will we give? I pray, Lord, that it would be an act of worship, God, that we would give back to you what is, uh, what is rightfully yours. Lord, you own it all anyway. And we just want to be obedient out of love and, and worship to you. And we ask that you would take it and, Lord, receive it and then use it for your glory. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. to uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and I want us to uh, look tonight at verses 1 through 12. I want to preach to you a message entitled, Trust in the Lord, and I pray that that's exactly what we're doing, not just on Sunday, but every day. We trust in the Lord. We certainly need Him every day. We need Him more and more, and, and uh, we can trust in God. Uh, he's not going to fail us. He is absolutely trustworthy, and I'm grateful that He is worthy of our complete trust and surrender. We'll never be disappointed trusting in the Lord. It's the times that we don't trust Him uh, that we have regret. And so I, I pray that as we look at something tonight, 
uh, that, that should be, I guess, uh, kind of elementary, foundational. Um, I pray that, that we would examine our hearts and lives and see how our trust in the Lord is doing. And I'm sure every one of us would probably admit, I'm not trusting the Lord as I should. You know, I've, if I ever get complacent, thinking I'm, I'm trusting as I should, I probably have deceived myself. So we need a reminder tonight about trusting in the Lord and uh, the, a global positioning system. Uh, you might know that as a GPS. Obviously, it's a hand tool for getting directions. And we, we all use these and rely on these unless you're my dad. Uh, dad doesn't do that. Um, you're going to go where? Well, all you got to do is go to this certain street or you go down this road and whatever. But, uh, but I rely on it, and uh, many of you do as well. Uh, just simply, we just punch in an address, and the GPS will have you on your way. And it'll even tell you how long it'll take you to get there. And I always try to beat that time. <laughs> uh, got to go, got to hurry. Um, the, uh, the tool works well unless you're going to ignore it and just kind of go in another direction. It's really handy when you're out of town. You know, you don't know back streets and all this, and you don't know where you are, and it, and it certainly helps. But if you ignore it, then it certainly can be no benefit to you. That's when uh, you know, the, it starts rerouting. We go in a different direction, we're ignoring it, and it, and it reroutes, and it reroutes, and turn around, turn around, or, or whatever. And the announcement goes over and over again to the point to where maybe you just completely ignore it and just turn it off. Well, with that in mind, Solomon gave clear instructions about how to live wisely. We talked about this. We began this this morning in Proverbs chapter 1. And I know we were focusing on our graduates, but really all of us need to live wisely. All of us need the Lord. And as a, as a privilege, I was sharing with our deacons uh, this afternoon that it's such a privilege to trust God, to trust the Lord. What an honor. We don't deserve that. But we have a privilege to trust in the true and living God. He's worthy He's faithful and he's able. And so here in Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon gave clear instructions about how to do that, about living wisely and trusting the Lord. But these instructions are useless to the person who refuses to follow them. You know, the one that's living their life and doing their thing and not trusting the Lord. They're trusting in themselves or trusting in the world. So let's not let what we read tonight be useless to us. Let's trust God and let's desire to live wisely. Let's focus tonight on how God provides direction to those who place their trust in Him. And so let's begin tonight here in, in uh, chapter 3, and, um, and I'll, I'll begin in, uh, in verse 1. I thought I was on the right page. I apologize. My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commandment, or keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Here it is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father 
the Son in whom he delights. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would apply it to our lives tonight. God, as your word goes forth, I pray it would go forth with the touch of God, the anointing of, of, of God. And I pray that, God, as you speak, that we would respond. We'd open our hearts to you. And may right now even, Lord, may we examine our trust in you. Lord, are we trusting you and honoring you like we should? Are we living wisely, Lord, as you would have us to live? And I pray tonight, God, as you speak, God, that we'll respond and say yes, and we'll leave this place, Lord, committed better to live wisely and to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want us to see, first of all, in verses 1 through 4, as we think about trusting in the Lord, that we need to remember wise counsel. Now, that kind of sounds familiar, you know, even from this morning. Uh, that, that was one of the principles that we saw in Proverbs 1, is to remember wise counsel. You know, the thing is, is we all forget, don't we? I mean, I, I know I do. Um, things that we forget, we don't mean to, but sometimes uh, we, for, we forget. But the things we need to forget are the ways of the world. But what we need to remember is the wise counsel of God. And, and so I, I love how Solomon could say to his son to remember his teaching and to remember his commands. Don't forget them. Remember them. Sometimes parent, parenting even involves commanding. And, and you see that in, uh, in verse 1. Notice here, uh, don't forget my law, but let, you, let your heart keep my commands. And so obviously Solomon is, is, is being a father to his son, and he's, he's uh, teaching him uh, the law of God, the word of God, uh, but he's also uh, telling him not to forget uh, to keep the commands that he has given. And that's what needs to happen today. Good parenting is, is sometimes commanding. And, and telling your kids what's expected. And, uh, and then when, when that's not met, is, is to teach consequences of those poor choices. Matter of fact, that's what God does for us. We'll see that um, here in the final verses that we'll be focusing on. Uh, God corrects us. And a lot of times what happens, to, or what doesn't happen today, is, is parents are not telling their kids what they should and shouldn't do. And then not keeping them accountable to that. They're, they're not teaching them you know, discipline and structure and that is so lost today but Solomon is is reminding his son to remember the things he's taught to remember the the law of God to remember those things and also to remember his commands and I just wonder tonight as parents can we have that same confidence to to teach our kids you know to know that we've been faithful you know to parent them and to teach them could we say remember the things that I had taught you Solomon could say that and, and so Solomon's word here as we begin is to remember wise counsel. Solomon knew his, his wise counsel was true. He knew that it was right because he knew God and he knew God's word. He knew the law of God and that's what he taught his, his son. You know the greatest thing that we parents can teach our kids is the word of God. How often do we teach them the principles of God's word? And so Solomon did that and Solomon you know, told his son, remember those things, the things I've taught you. Remember the, the law. Remember my commands. We need to remember wise counsel. Hopefully, counsel from our parents. I know our students are not here, um, but it is a blessing, as I mentioned this morning, to have wise parents, wise grandparents, you know, to teach you what's right, to teach you the ways of God. That is a tremendous blessing. And by the way, there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of students right here in Liberty, South Carolina, that doesn't have that. And so if we do have that, what a blessing. 
And I pray that we as parents, that we would teach our kids what's right and what's true. Teach them structure and teach them discipline. And that's why, you know, as I, as I had the privilege of being around athletics a lot um, at, at Liberty High School, being on the Booster Club, uh, a lot of times that structure and discipline is taught to these athletes and they don't get it at home. And so thank God for those coaches that love them enough that they'll chew them out every now and then if they get out of line. And, and they do that because they love them. And so really in that sense, a coach could say, listen, you're graduating this year. Remember the lessons I taught you on the football field because life is so much more important than a game. And, and that's what I'm talking about, remembering wise counsel. And I pray, you know, we're all pretty much uh, adults here tonight, that we could tell our kids, we could tell our grandkids, remember those things that, that we have taught you. Remember the wise counsel. Now verse 2 states that we'll live many days, that we'll live a full life and we'll, and we'll be uh, well off. Uh, notice this, uh, length of days and long life and peace, they will be added to you. When? When you remember wise counsel. Now Solomon is challenging his son to honor God's truth which he had taught him and not to forget and that will lead to long life and peace they'll be well blessed now we have to understand here tonight that this passage doesn't guarantee that such a person that remembers wise counsel is going to live to be a hundred years old that's not necessarily what this is saying we need to remember that a proverb states a principle that will be generally true in life. Unlike a proverbial saying that we have here, like in verse 2, a direct promise is something you can take to the bank. I mean, a sure thing is based on the character of God, a direct promise. Right here, this is a proverbial saying, and it generally is true. Generally, a child who remembers the wise counsel of their parents and remembers the law of God, generally they will be blessed, they'll have long life, and they'll be well, they'll be well off. Matter of fact, we honor our father and mother that we what? May live long. And, and so we see that principle in Scripture. But again, um, this passage doesn't guarantee that you're going to have necessarily a long life. It's generally speaking that this is generally what happens when someone remembers uh, the good, wise counsel of their parents, and they remember... Uh, the, uh, the, the law of God. Now think about Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Again, this is a uh, proverbial saying. And it's generally true that when a child is raised in a godly, loving home, they won't depart from the faith. Yet there are still those that do. Why? Because there's other factors involved in the life of every child. Generally speaking, if they live in a loving home, a godly home, and, and the word of God, the principles of God are taught, and they, they're taught wise counsel, generally speaking, uh, they'll, uh, they'll not uh, depart from it. But there are those that do, and it's because of those other factors, including the faith of the child. You know, I know the parents would do it if they could. I mean, we parents... We would take that step of faith for our kids, that they would be saved. But you know, we can't do that. And so if they choose not to reject the gospel, the parents can't do it for them. And so that's why there are, there are times 
when a, a child is raised in the loving home, a godly home, uh, there are times that, you know, generally speaking, most of the time they, they don't depart from it. But this is a proverbial saying, and there are those, there are those instances where, uh, where they do depart from it. Now, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Think about a direct promise of God. You know, like Romans 10, 13. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can take that to the bank. That's a direct promise. You know, uh, if you will trust in the Lord, and if you will call on the name of the Lord for salvation, it's a done deal. You will be saved. But unlike Robert, uh, Romans 10, 13, proverbial sayings are just that. They're, they're sayings that generally are true. Now, verses 3 and 4 make it clear that remembering the wise counsel based upon God's word would bring favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Remembering the wise counsel. So that's what we find. Solomon is telling his son, remember the wise counsel. Remember the law of God. Remember the things that I have commanded you. Take them with you and don't forget. And when that happens, generally speaking, you'll be blessed. You'll have a, you'll have a long life. And when we do this, like Solomon instructing his son, we'll become the same person on the inside that we are on the outside. And this brings vertical blessings. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about our relationship with God. You will always be blessed when you honor God and you remember the wise counsel according to the word of God. You will be blessed in your relationship with God. God has always blessed his people when they take him at his word and when they honor God. He always has and he always will. And so that's what Solomon is saying. It'll affect your vertical blessings, but it also will affect your horizontal relationships with people. You'll have favor and high esteem in the sight of God, but also in the sight of man. So remember, remember the wise counsel. But also, uh, verses 5 through 8, as we think about trusting in the Lord, that's exactly what these verses say. Trust in the Lord. Trust God. Uh, you, you are familiar. Uh, this is a famous passage of Scripture from Solomon. You, you may have committed it to memory. But what a powerful verse of Scripture for us tonight. Trust in the Lord, in verse 5, with all our hearts. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and what will happen? He will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. There's that word fear again. Reverence God. Worship God. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Folks, you can't have one without the other. If we, if we worship God and reverence God, we're going to depart from evil. I mean, you just can't have them together. And, and then uh, in verse 8, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So, trusting in the Lord. There's three actions here in this passage that I want to bring out to you as we think about trusting the Lord. The first action is trust in the Lord with all our hearts. That's our complete, total confidence. Not wishy-washy, but we're completely trusting in God. I just want you to know tonight, folks, the Lord's all we got. Things of the world will let us down. Relationships, you know, we, we can't fully trust in relationships. We're not perfect. We're fallen, sinful uh, people. And so, you know, we can't trust in anything or any, anything in this world like we can trust in God. That's why our trust in the Lord needs to be not half-hearted, but with all our hearts. 
And I'm telling you tonight, God is worthy of that. Trust Him with everything. Trust Him with all your heart. Complete and total confidence. Trust in the Lord. But notice this also, the, the second action is we are not to, look, to rely on our own understanding. Apart from having our minds shaped and conformed by godly wisdom. Oh, we need the wisdom of God. God's word will influence us. And it will influence, it'll give us, it'll give a discernment. It'll give us knowledge and, and it will shape us. And it will mold us into what he wants us to be. And we're not relying on our own understanding, but our trust in the Lord is fully on God. And as we trust in him, we don't rely on our own understanding. Boy, if there's a lesson, I think, in 2022 that we need to apply in the modern church today, it's that we trust in the Lord with all our heart, but also not lean on our own understanding. Our own understanding is fallen. We're sinful. And what we do is, and we talked about this in our deacons meeting, we, we use verses 5 and, and 6 in our, our devotion time in our deacons meeting. And what happens is our own understanding, again, we're fallen and uh, we have limited vision. You know, we, we can't really trust in ourselves because, you know, we don't, I mean, we, we don't understand circumstances and we don't have the perspective that God has. By the way, he's so much higher and greater than us. And a lot of times it won't make sense. And so, so we will take something and, um, and, and we'll assume the worst, whether it's relationships or health or finances, career, uh, and a lot of times the things that we hold on to the most, the things that we love the most, if we rely on our own understanding, we'll walk around wringing our hands. What if and what if that? And, and I told the deacons today that, you know, maybe you visit the doctor and he calls you and he says, you know, I've, there's a spot there and um, I, I think we need to get it checked out, maybe a biopsy or something like that. And, 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 uh, and so uh, you know how that goes. You know, if, if we're not careful, our imagination will just go wild and we'll begin to dream up and imagine stuff that's not even real. And, and so, um, and, and, and we'll, 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 do, we'll do a Google search and we'll, 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 we'll go through that and, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we look at life expectancy and listen, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. It, we, we just need to trust God and not lean on our own understanding. And what happens is, again, we assume the worst. So how do we combat that? I mean, because it's natural, isn't it? You know, if we, if something like that, uh, something related to that, something we care a lot about, obviously, um, we can't help but dwell on it. And as we dwell on it, what happens is we lean on our own understanding and all of a sudden we assume the worst. Most of the time, that's what happens. We assume the worst. Well, how do we combat that then? Well, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says to be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That includes whatever means the most to us that we want to hold on to so tight that affects our imaginations and our own understanding and we assume the worst. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by what? Prayer, supplication. Let our request be made known unto God. And so when we do that, guess what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what I'm saying is prayer is the key. When we pray, here's what happens. We replace our anxieties with the peace of God that passes all understanding. Every time, that's what will happen. Now, I'm not saying God will change your circumstance. And you might even get the worst news from the doctor. 
But I'm telling you, don't lean on your own understanding, but give it to God, and the peace of God will, will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard your heart and your mind. So what combats our imagination from going crazy is trusting in the Lord. And you know what that trust in the Lord does? It causes us to pray and to call on His name. That's what prayer does, by the way. We pray because we trust God. We don't pray because we think we got it. And boy, how does that always work out? Let me speak from experience. It don't, it don't work out ever good when I trust in myself. And so we're not to lean on our, on our own understanding. But then the third action is that we acknowledge God. We acknowledge His truth. As we trust God and reject ungodly thinking. And when we begin to, to, to move away from trusting our own imaginations. We are to know or acknowledge God and His truth. No area of our thinking, no area of our feeling, and, and our behavior is off limits to God. We acknowledge Him, and we trust Him, we lean on Him. And so, the result of these three actions is that God will make our paths straight. Thank God for that. He will make our paths straight so that we go in the right direction. I don't know about you, but I want to go in the right direction especially about those things that I might fret over and worry about. Why am I worried about it? Because it means something to me. Why do you worry about it? Because it means something to you. But I'm telling you, the greatest thing for us in those times is to let God put us in the right direction. Let God make our paths straight. How does that happen? Trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding. And in all our ways, acknowledge Him. Before we acknowledge anything or anybody else, we acknowledge Him. And then the result is, based on the Word of God, I'm so glad that this isn't my brainstorm and I'm wishing that this was true. I'm telling you it's true. Not because I said it, but because God says it. And He is the authority. And based on the authority of God's Word, we trust God, we lean on God, and we acknowledge God. And those actions right there will help us in trusting God. And we'll keep our imaginations from going off and, and keeping us from being off. So that's what happens. And you know who's there to whisper in our ear and tell you God don't care? Listen, uh, you, you got, the devil will say, why isn't anybody else going through this? You know, and so we, we begin, the devil whispers in our ear. And, and instead of trusting God with all our hearts and, and, and leaning on God and, and, and uh, bringing our, our own understanding and our emotions and feelings into check, we begin to entertain that and we get further and further away and we navigate away from God. And if we don't do anything, that's navigating away from God because of our own sinful self. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to be intentional to pray and to trust God with all our hearts. He's worthy of that, by the way. You can, you can trust Him with everything. Lean not on our own understanding, but acknowledge Him. And the Word of God says, as we trust God, that He will make our path straight. In other words, He'll set us in the right direction. Again, I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to go in the wrong direction, especially about things that mean so much to me, things in my life that mean so much. I, I don't want to go in the wrong direction. Well, how do I go in the right direction? Well, if I trust in myself and I lean and dwell on my thoughts and I trust in me more than I trust God, I'm going to be heading in the wrong direction. So don't let that happen. Let's lean on God. Let's acknowledge God. And let's trust the Lord. And He will guide us every time 
in the right direction. This is what I want for my family. I've, I've been convicted um, this past week, you know, about how I was leading in my home spiritually. And so um, Thursday night we, we, had a, we had a family prayer time. And you know what I would have missed if we wouldn't have had that prayer time? I would have missed my daughter that I dropped off at school that morning. I would have missed knowing that she was singing God's praise at FCA that next day. And you know how that blessed my heart? <laughs> Man, I mean, it just, it just blessed me so much that my daughter was willing to stand before 120 of her peers and sing God's praise. Praise the Lord. Is there anything better that my daughter could do? But I would have missed that. And you know what? And I would have not gotten the privilege of praying for her. And so God, God corrected me and disciplined me for how I was not leading spiritually in my home. And we had a wonderful prayer time together. And, and oh, how it blessed my heart. I, I, I would have missed a blessing. Whatever I was watching on TV, ball game or something, it can't compare to what I found out when we had prayer time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so I just, you know, let's, let's, let's acknowledge God. And let's, let's lean on God and trust in Him. And he will, he will guide us in the right direction. I want that for my family. But as your pastor, I want that for you. I want that for your family. I, I want you to know of the blessings of God. And that only comes through trusting in Him with everything and acknowledging Him and leaning on Him. And then He'll set you in the right direction. The stability, the discernment, and the wisdom, all of it, it comes when we rely and trust in God. But if we don't, the implication is we're going to navigate away from Him. And we'll be defeated and, and we'll rob ourselves of the joy of God. So don't do that tonight. So trust in the Lord. We can trust Him. He's, he's worthy. But notice this also. Uh, don't be wise in your own eyes. You know, Solomon's kind of following up. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. But fear God and depart from evil. That's what we need. Honor God. Worship God. And then depart it's amazing how that works sometimes we say well I shouldn't be doing this or I'm praying for somebody that's doing this so we, we pray we try we kind of try to treat the symptoms they're doing this and they need to stop or I'm doing this and I need to stop well am I fearing God am I trusting God because if I do then it goes hand in hand I will depart from evil because God will guide me he'll set me in the right direction but we got to trust him and, and lean on him and acknowledge him and when we do this, verse 8 says, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You see, we'll miss that if we don't trust God and acknowledge Him and lean on Him. We, we won't have health for our flesh and strength for our bones. There's strength available, the strength of God, always when we trust in Him. So let's do it more and more. Oh, how we need to. But also, verses 9 and 10, we need to honor God. People in Solomon's time counted on their fields and their vineyards to produce what was needed. The wise person recognized that God owned all of the ground in which he planted the crops. And so that's the basis here as we think about honoring God and, and honoring God with our giving. Notice this in verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions. What do we give God? What's left over? No, no. Honor him with your possessions and with what? First fruits of all of your increase, so your barns may be filled with plenty 
and your vats will overflow with, with new wine. So the wise men recognized that God is the one who owns all the ground. God owns the seed. God is the one who sends the rain. And God is the one that sends the sunshine so the crops could grow and the harvest could be plentiful. Because of God's goodness, he deserved to be honored, not with what's left over, but with the first fruits of the harvest. That's the principle. Don't just grab a, a, a few you know, bits of change and, oh yeah, just throw that in the plate. No, we understand God owns it all. He's worthy of it all. And he has blessed us. And as an act of worship, let's give back to him a portion of what he has blessed us with. I loved, uh, I'll never forget the day that dad told me about Papa Canarney. And he loved, they, they had gardens, and I, I still have great memories sitting on that porch. Um, and uh, when, when we, would, we would shuck corn and snap peas and all oh, good times. Good, maybe you remember that, some of you. Maybe, maybe with your parents or grandparents sitting on the porch, and, and there's nothing like that kind of produce, is there? Uh, just as fresh and sweet as it can be. And, and, um, and, and there we'd be on that porch and just shucking that corn and... and um, and, and, and breaking those, those peas and, and, and great memories and the cows would even come over they lived in a pasture they lived, there was a cow pasture to the side and the cows would come over and grandmother was always good to go out and feed them scraps and we'd be out there and those cows would come and, and, uh, and I, I'll never forget Wayne got the hose pipe one time and, and, and that cow just knew that Wayne was going to give him some food and give him some scraps and he took that hose pipe and sprayed that cow right in the nose and that cow just stood there like what are you doing? <laughs> There's supposed to be scraps. And, um, and, and we just, some great memories. And, and, I, and I thank God, you know, for that. But, but Dad told me one time, and I never knew this, that uh, Papa would often say when they would sow the seed, okay, Lord, we've done our part. Now we're trusting you to do yours. You see, God owns it all. And yeah, we plant it, but God sends the rain, and God sends the sunshine, and and all the, the ground and everything that's needed. And so they were honoring God. The, the wise men, Solomon knew that God owned it all. And that, that honoring God and worshiping God, when, when the Lord blessed it, that they uh, would, would uh, give back the first fruits because of the blessings of God. Giving is an act of worship. A reflection of gratitude to God and an expression of trust in Him. That's why the Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver. The right perspective is God owns it all. Lord, I'll give you 10%, but the reality is you own 100% of it. And I'll willingly, cheerfully, because you're worthy, I give back to you. And here's a basic principle right here. God can do so much more with your nine-tenths than you could ever do with the ten tens. I mean, you can't outgive him. God bless, he's the blesser. God blesses. And so the principle here is honoring God. That's what Solomon is, is saying to his son. And, and giving is an act of worship from gratitude, from your heart, giving to God and, and entrusting him. Lord, I'm giving you the first fruits here. I'm, I'm, I might think I need this, but you know the reality is, Lord, I'm giving as an act of worship, trusting and believing that God Will, uh, will bless. Solomon indicated in verse 10 the result of generous and faithful giving. Notice this, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now again, 
Remember, this is a proverbial saying. So don't misunderstand this to mean that if you want to be rich, you simply need to give more of your possessions to God. This passage doesn't promote that. That's not what we're talking about. The passage does not teach, however, that we uh, can count on God, or it does teach that we can count on God to provide us when, when we honor Him every time. This is not prosperity thinking, but you know, it's, it's really a deep trust in a promise-keeping God who may provide all that we want, but will provide what we need to live for Him. And so, I like what Jerry Vines says about this passage. I want to share this with you. These Proverbs are not saying that if you will trust in the Lord, you will always be healthy and will never get sick. It is teaching that the tendency is toward health, though. You, it'll be healthy for you. You know, when you trust and give back to God, it will be. Generally speaking, it will be. It doesn't mean that you won't ever get sick, but, but it could be. Now, what about the, the wealth part? Teach your children to honor the Lord in their giving. This is not just a sweeping promise that if you live for the Lord, you will get wealthy. Solomon is saying that giving and wealth are a matter of the heart, out of worship, not a matter of how much money a person has. You don't give so that you can receive. You give because God's worthy, and He will bless. And, and this Proverbs is not, is not get rich. It's not, it's not wealth. doesn't mean that you're going to get rich, but it always generally works good for those that will give back to God, a proverbial saying. So, um, so think about this tonight. Do we honor God with our giving? You know, here we're talking about, you know, first fruits. That is, you know, the first thing we do, God, it's yours. Here it is. Out of worship, it's yours. You're worthy. It's yours. The first fruits. We don't give him the, the leftovers. You know, we talk about tithes and offerings. And uh, David Shirley explained this to me one time, and I've never forgotten it. Your tithes is a tenth, you know, that God expects us to give back to him. And that's, out, again, out of a cheerful heart. Um, we bring all our tithes to the storehouse, uh, the prophet Malachi says. And, and uh, that, that's what, you know, that's what really funds the work of the ministry, you know, that, that God's work can be accomplished through us. And, and so we give. That's our tithe, the 10%. The offering is what we give above the tithe that's your offerings and a lot of times and sadly uh, and, and, you know you always hear that 15% do the work and, and, and sadly that's the case in a lot of our churches it's the 15% that do that do the giving and, and, and there's so many that miss the blessing that principle that we're talking about here about the blessing of God when you give and so we think about Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong and you know missions offerings and love offerings and all of that listen God expects you to give above what you give in your tithes. He doesn't expect you to give your tithes into that offering. That's being disobedient to God's principle. We give our tithes, and then above that, we give to these offerings. Now, um, we're going to have Gideon Sunday coming up on the 29th in a few weeks, and I love the Gideons. I appreciate them. Um, you, know, you go to hotel rooms, and there's the Word of God. Really, in every hotel room, they get the Word of God out to billions of people across the world over the years. And that's power. The Word of God is power. I appreciate the Gideons and what they do. Our graduates, when uh, they, they are going to be here um, a, a week from tonight, the Gideons are providing them with a, with a Bible. And that's the greatest thing that, that we could give our, our graduates because the Word of God is, is powerful. It, it'll change 
our lives, and I appreciate that. But when we receive a love offering for the Gideons, we should give above our tithes, as important as the Gideons are, because the tithe goes to the church. Jesus didn't establish the Gideons. He established the church, and, and so the, the church takes priority. Jesus said that I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's how important the church is. Uh, God established the family, and he also established the church. And so I, I thank God for the Gideons, and uh, I thank God for Young Life, you know, groups that meet in our local high school. I thank God for release time, but that's not the church. Those are parachurch organizations. So the importance then, the right principle is that we give our tithes to the Lord. That, that's never to be compromised. Give our tithes. You say, well, I, I can't give an offering to those if I can't. Well, you give your tithes, and God will bless that. Um, and then uh, the offerings is above, you know, what we tithe. Uh, Rick Groover is going to be here on, uh, on June the 5th, and he's going to come and he's going to share exciting news about what's going on, and God is blessing, and good things are happening uh, with their ministry, and they're sending aid even to Ukraine, and uh, they're, they're making a difference. God's using them, and I love Rick, a uh, true friend, and I appreciate him so much. Um, and, and so as we give, I pray that we'll give a love offering. But again, the first fruits, the, the tenth, always goes to the Lord. But in closing tonight, as we, as we trust God, yes, we, we honor the Lord. But I want us to see also that in trusting God is to accept God's discipline. Look with me in verses 11 and 12 as we close. My son, Solomon talking to his son again, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son, in whom he delights. You know, I think sometimes we, we think God is some kind of a cosmic killjoy, and he's just out there foreign from us, and, and he's cruel, he's just this overseer, and he likes to make us suffer. Well, the reality is, is God is a loving father who cares enough about us to teach us so we can grow in our walk with him. He'll teach us. He does that out of his love. Learning well may require us to face some difficult circumstances. Something's wrong if I claim to be a Christian and I can sin and disobey God and the Holy Spirit of God doesn't, doesn't deal with me, doesn't convict me in that. And that's what we're talking about here. Solomon says, listen, uh, don't despise that. Endure that. God's doing that because you're his and because he loves you and he wants you to improve and and, and he, just like a father corrects his son, I, you know, I, I think about my kids. If I heard them say something or, or do something or um, maybe, they, you know, maybe they didn't do something they were supposed to do or maybe they were disrespectful, we dealt with that. Why? Because that's my boys. That's my little girl. I love them too much to just let them go that way. We teach them. You know, we can teach them just like Solomon said to his son at the start. Remember you know, wise counsel. Remember what I commanded. And, and so we remember those things. And so um, here Solomon's telling his son, God's going to correct you. And we don't like that, do we? I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, you know, many of, of, of us adults here, we have memories of being disciplined by our dads or, or even by our mom. And I'm just telling you, dad still holds the record for how quick he can get that belt off. If he said, where's my belt? He meant business. But we didn't do timeout in our house. 
And we didn't do it in our house either. I believe the principle, spare the rod, spoil the child. I'm telling you, you get that, you spank that child as a three or four year old, I'm telling you that's a principle that's effective and it works. But there's no discipline. And if you don't have discipline, then what happens is uh, our children grow up uh, not to be good citizens and they end up in prison. (laughs) And and so the thing that was neglected, the word of God, uh, is now something that they need to read when they're in prison. But if we raise them up right and we teach them uh, in the same way, Solomon saying to, to, uh, to his son, don't, it, don't despise when God corrects you or when God disciplines you. We're wise when we face difficult circumstances with the certainty that God loves us all the time. The discipline we experience from, his, uh, from him is not to be despised but embraced part of our spiritual development God loves us he corrects us discipline's never pleasant but it's always purposeful there's always a purpose for it and I just want you to think about this when's the last time that God disciplined you when's the last time that God worked you over about something you said or thought or did or participated in God wouldn't give you a piece about it and you was up at three in the morning because God was was not allowing you to go to sleep because you didn't have peace because you knew that, that you were in the wrong. Listen, that lets you know that you're His. You talk about assurance of salvation, well, that's one of the most powerful ones right there. I can't live anyway and get by with it. God will work me over. He'll work you over. And Solomon says, don't despise that. Let God's purpose uh, come to fruition as He corrects you. Because, here it is, verse 12, whom the Lord loves, He corrects. He does it out of His love. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights I'm going to ask every head bowed and every eye closed have you remembered wise counsel think about it the wise counsel and it might be that your that your mom or dad or grandparents they're, they're home in glory now don't forget the wise counsel have you remembered that how is your trust in the Lord this evening do you make it a daily habit to honor God Oh, Lord, I want to give back to you. I want to, I want to worship you. Out of worship, I give back to you. What about God's discipline? Do you endure his discipline? That's a sign that he loves you. He loves you too much for you to stay that way. God himself takes an interest in you, and he disciplines us. Why not trust the Lord tonight in any of these areas? Maybe you just, you just feel convicted tonight that trusting in the Lord in your life has been kind of seriously neglected lately. What about it tonight? Would you trust the Lord? Maybe you just need to say, I haven't trusted Him like I should. And I just want to come forward tonight and just recommit and say, Lord, I want to trust you more and more. How sweet it is to trust in Jesus. Let's do that tonight. Heavenly Father, have your way and will. Move among us tonight. May we respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? I encourage you to come. Let God have His way. Let's trust Him more and more, just like the song that we're singing right now. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Maybe that's our prayer tonight. Would you come and respond tonight as God speaks? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to
Let's make this our closing prayer. If you would, let's sing this, uh, this chorus together. Can we get that up, JJ? If not, you probably know it. But let's sing this chorus um, as a prayer, as a closing prayer tonight. Let's sing it together. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove till more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Here it is. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Amen. To God be the glory. Let's trust Him more this week. Trust Him with all our hearts and with everything. Lean on him, him and not us and acknowledge Him, and He'll set us straight. Praise God for that. And when we're in the wrong, He'll, straight, he'll set us straight too because He loves us. And let's, let's endure that. Thank you for being here tonight. And again, I remind you about Wednesday night. Hope you'll be able to come. Men, don't forget, 4.30 in the morning, we'll be gathering for prayer. Hope you'll join us. And I want to ask Brother David, if you would, would you close us in prayer tonight?